Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Uh, it's great to be together. It is, it's always unusual uh, as a pastor because there's so much happening on Easter Sunday every year. And typically, what you don't know is the next Sunday after Easter is usually just a very light crowd and stuff like that. You powered through. You powered through. You're here. And it doesn't have to be that way. I don't know. Human nature is just very strange. But we're glad that you're here and hope it's going to be equally. Uh, in fact, we have kind of a different plan today. It's kind of different. And the people who aren't here are going to be really sorry they missed. It's just been really, really powerful. I'll tell you more about it in a minute. But I want to set up before we get into the message. Two weeks from today, we celebrate the 33rd anniversary of Now Church. This year it's going to be, so it's May 1st is the, is the actual anniversary. We started on a Tuesday night in 1990 with 70 people exactly. We didn't have any idea how many people would show up. We had 70 people in the room. We thought that was a prophetic number out of Jesus sending them out two by two, the 70. So we had exactly 70. And uh, within a few weeks, I, we had preached it, I, I preached it up to about 30. It was powerful. It was amazing. <laughs> so we had a, a retro growth. But anyway... That's 70 people to hear the original vision. And here we are 33 years later, still on the original vision, still on the original vision, still pursuing God and um, very excited. And what we do, so once a year, for those of you that are newer, we do something called Heart for the House. It's a once a year sacrificial offering in the over and above. It's something beyond tithes and offerings. It's something where we ask you the next few weeks, the next two weeks to set aside something with your kids. In fact, this morning, they're doing something with the children, and they're doing like a little box that they're making for, to prepare for their heart for the house. And so we want you to be a part of that as well. And as individuals, as families, whatever, it's, it's at the end of the service in two weeks, we have a special moment where people come up and present their offering before the Lord. We have a special time of prayer. And this is not, this is something where we're asking you to, to set aside your best offering but for a purpose. And that purpose is that God would meet you at your point of faith for what you're believing for. We appreciate what you do for the church. That's great. But this is about you and God. This is about, um, you know, there are moments in scripture where, where people set aside something as a special offering. And the Bible says that God's favor came upon that and met them at their point of faith. And so it's not hoopla, it's not hype, it's real. And so if you've been around here for years, you already know it's real. We have seen tremendous testimonies and miracles as people have trusted God with their, with their hearts. It's about your heart for God's house. And we say around here, when you take care of God's house, God will take care of your house. Amen? Amen. So just a little setup there for what's coming. Today's message, we continue our theme, good God, good God. Everybody say, good God. good God. And we continue our thought today with a message I call stronger than you think. Stronger than you think. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 40 and Isaiah chapter 63. Isaiah 40 verse 10 from the message says this. Isaiah says, look at him. God, the master comes in power, ready to go into action. I want you to keep, just remember that phrase 
ready to go into action. He is going to pay back his enemies and reward those who have loved him. Like a shepherd, he will care for his flock, gathering the lambs in his arms, hugging them as he carries them, leading the nursing ewes to good pasture. I want to weave in there Isaiah 63 verse 7 from the New King James says this. I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praise of, praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, his people, which he has bestowed on them according to his mercies, according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. Let's pray one more time. Father, would you open the eyes of our heart? Lord, take us beyond information into revelation that we can experience you in what you're saying right now to us as a body, as a people, as families, as couples, as individuals. And we promise you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. amen. I want you to know that no matter what, God is good, no matter what you're going through. I appreciate what Pastor Chris was saying earlier and how we've gone through challenging moments. You know, what you don't know is for the last three weeks, uh, my wife and I uh, have been out of our house, kind of kicked out of our house because uh, my wife is highly allergic to mold and we had a mold problem develop in two sections of our house and it didn't really come to light until about four weeks ago. And she got like an allergy attack the night before church. And then it didn't go away until we left the house. And then she was fine. Then we went back and she got very, very sick and it tried to get into her lungs. So she, had a, she actually woke up three or four days after this attack. We didn't know what was going on. We both have allergies, but she is highly allergic to mold. She woke up a few days after this attack and she goes, I feel like God just dropped it in my spirit. This, it's, I think we have mold. We'd had a couple of wet spots a couple of years ago where there was like a little, you know, our house is 22 years old. And so we, we had a couple of things where we had them repaired. We thought everything was good. And uh, sure enough, we had experts come in. And I mean, our house was loaded with mold spores. And it's been, we've been through insurance. We've been through all this stuff. And I want you to give it up for Pastor Lindsay. He's the host with the most, because he has, uh, <clears throat> we haven't stayed with him every night, but we've stayed with him three weekends in a row. The first weekend was one night. The second weekend, last weekend was two nights. This weekend was three nights. <laughs> and we're moving out today. So just so, <clears throat> anyway, so they did all the work. They did all the work on Thursday. We had it air tested again, and we get the test results back this Tuesday, but we are moving in by faith. So I just want you to know, see, sometimes what you don't realize is there, you know, in life, everybody has stuff they go through, not just believers, unbelievers. We all have stuff we go through, but God's goodness shows up in the midst of it. <clears throat> and we've been, we, it's been hard because we've been, we've been I, I can't even describe to you. I, I just, I didn't tell you because I didn't want you to know how discombobulated I felt. I just wanted to go through, and I don't, know, I don't know if anybody's ever been combobulated, but the discombobulated is not a good feeling. And uh, so anyway, I'm not a complainer. I like to tell you after, I, I told the prayer warriors, by the way, I got the prayer people praying, but I didn't tell you from a public, in, in, the, in, the, in a service, 
uh, here for first service because I, God is good and his goodness comes through even when you're going through a crap storm. Okay, it does. When you go, and we go through stuff, but that's why our house is built on a firm foundation. Even if your house attacks you, you have power in Jesus' name and God will provide as you work through that moment. And his goodness is not limited. So no matter, no matter what, God is working his best, not just his good, right? Now we can't focus on the greatness of God's goodness without drilling down into some of the scriptural thoughts of the original languages, like Hebrew and Greek. And you don't have to be a theologian or a linguist to catch the meaning of a word I'm gonna look at right now. It's an, it's an old English word, and yet there's no better word, and yet it doesn't really do the whole thing, and that's the word loving kindness. It just seems like, a, like a, it should be hyphenated, but it's not, it's, a, it's one word, Loving kindness, loving kindness, God's loving kindness. Now, it sounds like loving kindness, right? And it's kind of that way, but let me give you the original understanding of this for a few minutes before we do something else. The word in Hebrew for loving kindness is the word chesed. Sorry, David, I mean to spit in your eye there. It's, it's H-E-S-E-D, but it's pronounced in, in Hebrew, chesed. You got chesed, like chutzpah, chesed, chesed. Say that with me, chesed. Okay, now cling off the back of your neck for the people from behind you. Okay, um, chesed, it literally means goodness, kindness, and faithfulness. But that's not all it means. The King James translates in the strongest concordance in the following manner, mercy, 149 times loving kindness is translated mercy. 40 times is translated kindness. 30 times is translated loving kindness. And 12 times goodness, all from chesed. The problem with English alone is that it limits the full understanding. And, and you know, I, I like words, and I must say it wimpifies it. It wimpifies it. It makes it. Loving kindness sounds like tippy-toeing through the tulips to me. It's like, oh, he's loving, oh, he's loving kindness. Oh, he's so loving and kind. And he is, but that's not what this word means. Vine's Bible Dictionary writes this. In general, you can identify three basic meanings of said, And these three meanings also interact. Strength steadfastness and love. Strength, steadfastness, and love. Any understanding of chesed that fails to suggest all three of these inevitably loses some of the richness of the language, of what it means. Love by itself easily becomes sentimental, sentimentalized, sentimentality, sentimentalized, or universalized apart from the covenant this word chesed is about covenant relationship. It is about covenant between Abraham and God that God swore to take down through the generations. Strength or steadfastness suggests only the fulfillment of a legal or similar obligation. 
But chesed refers primarily to the mutual and reciprocal rights and obligations between the parties of a covenant relationship, especially between Jehovah, our God, and Israel, his people, or Zion, his church. But chesed is not only a matter of obligation, it's also a matter of generosity. It is not only a matter of loyalty, but also of mercy. Chesed implies personal involvement, listen, and commitment in a relationship beyond the rule of law. So, so in other words, God has a covenant with us, but he doesn't just show up because he has the covenant legally. He shows up because his covenant represents his passion for you. That when you're under attack, he resents it and he goes into battle stations. That he responds to his covenant when we were attacked with mold. God went into battle stations for us and even though it was uncomfortable walking through this past month really, God was with us every step of the way and we got to stay in a brand new house, almost brand new. This better than any hotel I've ever been in. <laughs> Pastor Lindsay's house. And he, and he fed us and he took care of us. God shows his loving kindness as a relational response to all those with whom he has covenant. If Jesus is your Lord, you have a covenant with the God of the universe through the blood of Jesus. And it, not just, it doesn't just give you access to that relationship, but to draw on that relationship in moments of difficulty, challenge, or pain, you can call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. You will be delivered. You'll be set free. You'll be guided around it and it will come out the best possible at the end. A covenant is higher than a legal contract. It's, it's about promise. In a covenant, you make vows, you make promises, like in a wedding. When you receive Jesus, you and God exchange vows. You just didn't realize his vows to you are in his word. And how do you get that word? You go to the word, you find that word, and you pull on that word, and you say, but Father, you said. It is written. It's promised favor. Listen, his goodness, I'll put it this way. This is my trend. My translation, his goodness has muscles. His goodness, remember I said in the beginning that the scripture in Isaiah, that's chesed, when, God, when it says God is ready to go into action. He's powered to go into action for you on your behalf. That's chesed, that's his loving kindness, his tender mercy. It's not some wimpy thing. It's not some, oh, you poor thing. Let me just pat you on the head till you get through this. It's, if you're upset, God is upset. If you're under attack, God takes it personally. God said, if they're speaking against you, they're speaking against him. And the apple of his eye, that's said. It's this relationship covenant that goes into action. It is that devoted love promised in covenant. Devoted love, not just love like, oh, I love you. It is, it is it's love like, okay, you touched my love. I'm going to bind that spirit. You're not going to be permitted to be under attack or have, give the devil the last word. The Abrahamic covenant, Genesis 12 too, 
The, the nutshell is, I will bless you, God says, and I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And it's basically all the families of the earth. Remember Galatians chapter 3, excuse me, Galatians, yeah, chapter 3, verse 13 from the message of this, Christ, Jesus, redeemed us from that self-defeating curse life by absorbing it completely into himself. Do you remember the scripture that says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? That's what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. And now because of that, the air is cleared and we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and available for non-Jews too. We are all able to receive God's life, his spirit in and with us by believing just the way Abraham received it. That's powerful that what Jesus did for us, we celebrated last week, we're still celebrating this week because that's what we celebrate all the time. His loving kindness is constantly and consistently being extended to us because of Jesus' sacrifice. Look at the language of the psalmist. Psalm 63, verse three. Because your loving kindness, how good is it? It's better than life. Because your loving kindness is better than life. See, if we said your love is better than life, it sounds poetic, it sounds like a romance. But your loving kindness, your covenant promise and power going into action on my behalf is better than life. My lips shall praise you Thus I will bless you while I live. I'll lift up my hands in your name. Some of you newer folks, you, you know, Pastor Lynn says, lift your hands. And I, you know, the first time it's always uncomfortable. I see some people that were, that came in uncomfortable and were, you know, the, you know, the, 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 I'll raise a hand, you know, for a second, but I hope nobody sees me. And now they're like, yes, I just, I just know what he's doing. I just, I can't praise him enough. If, if part of my praising his lifting of my hands I'm willing to be uncomfortable. I'm willing to look foolish the first few times because I realize it's something that's in the word that God says. I will lift up my hands in your name. Psalm 42, verse eight. The Lord will command. See, this is a language. Look at the language of this. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. That's, see, that's powerful. He will command his loving kindness in the daytime when things are going well. And in the night, the psalmist said, his song shall be with me. The song of his covenant, his song of his loving kindness will be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. His loving kindness, chesed, means that God carries us as a father carries his children. You, you don't, probably don't remember, but some, some of my earliest memories, my, my parents were always busy and always doing stuff when I was growing up. Um, you know, the firstborn, you know, always grows up when the parents are poor, you know, let's be honest. So, so my parents were just always running. My dad, you know, my parents are both professional singers as well as teachers. And so they were always going to a choir practice or to do sing at a church or to sing at a concert or whatever. My dad did weddings, sang at weddings almost every Saturday for years. He would sing at funerals. He would just all over. And I, so I just was put in the car. My earliest memories are falling asleep in the car to the old crackle of an AM radio. Some of you don't even know what that is. But anyway, I can't see hard to explain. But to the crackle of an old AM radio, I'd fall asleep in the backseat. And my dad would always carry me in and I would wake up in the morning in my bed. And so there are moments where God the Father just simply 
carries you through those night seasons. And, and sometimes you look back at some of the pain we've all experienced and been through, and you go, how did I? I don't know how I made it through that. People even say, how did you get through that? That's horrendous. He carried me. Like a father carries his kids. Like, like a shepherd carries his lambs. He brings them back, carries them through, feeds, nurtures, provides sleep and rest and protection. He's a good God, a, go, a good father, and a great shepherd. Amen? Yeah. Now, I want to do something really different. I haven't really, haven't done this in a long time. I want to show you a little bit of, little video for the rest of the time. Last Monday, I was basking in the flow and the glow of being at church for Easter. And on Monday, my dear friend, Pastor Julian Melfi from London, sent me a video that they made in his church. It was really well done. It's a couple named Mike and Jill, older couple, well, younger couple than me, but anyway. <laughs> um, and they, it's just powerful. They, they shot this kind of like we used to shoot like documentaries and things ourselves before uh, our team got so busy doing other churches, which is another thing that's great and expands, but it just, it's very powerful. Now here, I want to kind of set it this way. For those of you that don't watch British TV shows or have British humor like I do, you're going to have to tune your ears in because they, they, they don't speak American-ish. They speak English, which when I go there, they accuse me of not speaking English, but I speak American-ish. Okay? So tune your ears. And uh, Marcel, can I get you to come and, and get this out of the way? And we're going to have this about 14 minutes, but you're going to love it, I promise you. And I want to encourage you, to open your heart, listen to their testimony Listen to what God has done in all these different facets. Listen to his loving kindness. I was born in Bermondsey, uh, Bermondsey Boys, as we called. Uh, my father died in 1969, um, so I was um, brought up by my mum. I was different. I was, uh, as an adult, diagnosed with autism, um, but as a child, I was just different and no one knew why. I didn't play football. Um, I couldn't read signals from other people, all that sort of thing. But all of this, the fact that I was bullied, I was on a spectrum, all those things led to creating quite an angry person and, and that's what I became, I was quite an angry person. We got together at 19. You were 19 when I met you. And you were 22 when we met. I got told off for that one. I did. I was going home back to Trinidad because I yeah. didn't want to live here anymore. Um, and we went in a discotheque down in Catford. Yeah. Um, I left you with the knowledge that I was going to come back. Yeah. Um, and I told my mum I was coming back because I'd met this person and she completely was not happy with me. Is he a lawyer or a doctor? She said, no, he's Neither. not. <laughs> Neither, he's a builder. He's a builder. Um, they wouldn't speak to me because of, of you. Um, I think I felt abandoned, and I think because they abandoned me, I felt that God had abandoned me. 
I was still angry and crazy. He was very um, angry, amazingly angry. I, I'd gone through bouts of depression, I'd been on medication, I'd been sent to, for counselling, all these different things. I was still angry, I was still sad, I was still in a place I didn't want to be in, 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 my, in my mind. Obviously we loved each other yeah, loads, yeah. Um, but he would shout, wouldn't you? He would shout at me yeah. and scream at me, and, but illness. it was part of his own yeah. illness and his own anger. I suppose instead of trying to calm it down, I just learned how to shout too. So that's what we did. We screamed at each other. It was normal. Yeah, it was normal. normal. She was in absolute agony. Um, we managed to get her home, and then she spent a good year on the sofa, um, and, and Jill couldn't even get to the toilet. I, I stopped what I was doing because we had two young girls by then. We had Dara and Maddie. And I think that we became very, very depressed. Yeah. As in, yeah. why can't we get out of this cycle that we're in? We're in such a bad cycle that one minute I was okay, I could walk about a bit on a stick, and the next minute I was back in the wheelchair again. Jill's uh, always had an issue with the same three discs, L3, L4, L5, which is lumbar, the lower part of your spine. And, um, and I had the same three disc problem. I was laid up for a year. I was on more. I was on. I was on more than thirty tablets a day, which are stronger than morphine. Um, and I could hardly say someone's name. It was, you know, I was so full of all this medication. But if I didn't, the pain was just excruciating. I'd speak to my aunts, then my Auntie Marlene and Auntie Claudia. And every time I spoke to Auntie Marlene, she would say, "We're praying for you." Um, you know, it'll all be okay, we're praying for you. And when she first used to say that, I used to think, well, I don't know, I don't even know if you should be praying, but you know, carry on. I used to have the phone, didn't I? And I used to look at you and I used I to go, us, like this. she's gonna pray for us. Like that. It was like that. Um, how awful. And, and when we think back, how awful. I know. We, we believed that he existed, that was it. I never blamed God once for anything. I just felt he, he, he didn't show up there. And then we'd gone to breakfast one day. Yeah. I, I um, put some cereal in a bowl. I put my spoon in the bowl, and as I lifted it out the bowl to get it to my mouth, the whole thing went flying across the, the harvest of the restaurant. I was so embarrassed. Um, and my, my symptoms were moving quite rapidly. The tremor was the most significant thing, but other things were happening. My balance was changing, my posture was changing, my gait was changing. I was getting a dry mouth. I had to have a speech therapist because I couldn't swallow properly. Mm. I was choking on my food. And there were so many changes, and all of them are all symptomatic of Parkinson's disease. It wasn't always like this. It was so Absolutely bad. Absolutely like that. And it's, it started to shake, so all his head used to shake. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. All your head shook. Inside. Your arm shook. My you body said inside. inside was shaking. Yeah. So I'd got to a stage in my life where I was so broken that if death was the next step, I probably wouldn't have worried too much at that point. Because I just, had, I just couldn't do it anymore. He came home that first, it was the half term, and he was so excited to come home. And he came in and he said, 
I have met this wonderful girl. She is just the most amazing girl you've ever met. You just, I just don't know what to do, Mum. She is amazing. And she's a pastor's daughter. And I've accepted Jesus as my saviour. And he's like, what? Wow. You've, you've done all of that. You've now come home <laughs> telling us this thing. It was a shock. However, TJ was excited, wasn't he? Was. he? He was passionate for the word. So he was reading the Bible. So now we'd have a knock on our door every couple of hours. It was every couple of hours. Yeah, and in the we, were in, we were in bed at that time. We weren't, it was to do with, we couldn't move around very much. You weren't very well. No. And we'd, I think, I know, I think we'd given up. I think we were totally depressed. Every couple of hours, he'd knock on the door, come in, and start shouting at us. Right, this is what has to happen. This is how you have to go now. You have to listen to the Bible. You have to read this. I said to him one day, I said, okay, we'll listen. But what you have to do is you have to come down a little bit and calm down, and then we'll listen to what you've got to say. And he did. He did it like, he just did it. He was trying was. to shake us. He was trying the to. Lord, the Lord was I'm sure the, on our door I'm long sure time. the Lord was time. now. He was thinking, listen, I've come this way, I've come that way, yeah. and you're not listening. So this is what you're going to listen to. Maybe this is the language, isn't it? Was it? A battle raging, so we said, sure. okay, let us yeah. do it. So he went back to uni just after Christmas, which was January. By February, um, Auntie Marlene phones us with my cousin Windsor and they're on the other end of the phone going right this is it now we've prayed for you for all these years now it's your decision make it he's not letting up God is not letting up so we're gonna do it it was a Sunday morning yeah and we'd gone to Costco and we were coming back round the roundabout in Beckenham and I looked over and there were these people coming out this building and I thought that's a church? And I said to you, that's the church we're going to go yeah, to. Yeah. That week we phoned Becky. Yeah. We phoned the church, the office, and spoke so we to Becky. We said, we're disabled. <laughs> I'm in yeah. a wheelchair and Mike's on a stick and he shakes and we've got very big disabilities going on here. Um, and she went, yeah, that's okay, no problem, in her lovely voice at the other end of the phone. And she said, just come, just when are you coming? And we said, we're coming this Sunday. And that was the first week in August. I went in there with an open mind, a broken mind, but an open one. Um, and I weren't looking to get something. I just knew I had to, I had to, I had to go and speak to God. I said to the Lord, I'm here. What do I do? I, you know, I'm here, I'm lost, I'm broken. What do I do? And the healing began from that second. Spirit was first. I wasn't broken anymore. I remember sitting, they took a chair out and I sat in my wheelchair on the end and the music started and my, 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 my soul danced. I, I remember thinking, wow, I wish I could jump up here right now and yeah. I couldn't at that moment and I wish I could dance, and I wish I could just praise the Lord right now. We accepted Jesus immediately on that day that we came to Citygate, on that first day, we accepted Jesus as our saviour straight away. It wasn't... We didn't put our hand up. We didn't put our hand up. We'd done it already. We, in our mind, yeah. as we, as those, as the music was playing, and I felt, it was like, 
my spirit had come alive. It yeah. was like, wow, something has changed. Something has changed forever right now. I knew in my head there was work to do, but something a massive has changed. Change, a massive we change. had, oh gosh, um, goosebumps. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It had changed. I, I felt it at that moment. And on the way home from that service, we phoned Auntie Marlene. We did. We phoned we did. her. We were so excited. I as was well. so excited. Yeah. And I said, We've just been to church and we've just accepted Jesus yeah, as our Savior. We wanted to tell her before yeah. we told anybody else. And she was so excited. Yeah. She was screaming and, wow, this is wonderful. How amazing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. As we were going through those weeks, I could feel just a burden like we'd we were getting rid of our burdens, almost like we were going along in this car and every every day we were just chucking a bad thing out. Ow. The depression just lifted. lifted. It just yeah. lifted, it just it just stopped. I can't tell you the day the tremor stopped. Because everything's so natural. I still have a very slight one now and then, but it's hardly noticeable. And compared to what it was, it's just, Incredible, absolutely incredible. On that one day, that in one day, you could go, I mean, there's no therapy I've ever experienced in my life, and I've had quite a, quite a bit, and there's no medication either that, that I've experienced in my life, where you can spend one session, when you go in there, broken, and come out fixed. Look, oh my word, that's crazy, isn't it? Incredible. Oh gosh, I looked old. Yeah, it was Didn't just I? Strain of life. Oh, look at your face. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Wow, look at that. I just said, Lord, fix me. And I got into the, I remember getting up and walking across and getting into the pool. And I thought, I am going to walk out of here yeah. on my own. And as I walk up, walked up the stairs, I went, my whole body went into spasm, spasm. complete spasm. Yeah. And I still didn't get despondent. I thought, okay, this is new, this is different. Yeah. Whatever you decide to do, God, fix me. Whatever you decide to do, I'll accept. Yeah. And. We came home, went to bed, and I, wake, I woke up on that Monday morning, and I woke up. And I woke up, didn't I? I just yeah, woke, your up. Body woke up. My body woke Spirit. up. I woke up. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And got up and walked. No. I have not looked back at the wheelchair since. No. Yeah, he healed me, but he healed me my mental state. Yeah. It, I was so depressed, and depression can make you so ill, can't yeah, it? Yeah. But God fixed it. Men, you know, mental health is such a hard thing to, to, to deal with when you haven't got the Lord. It's such a difficult thing. But when you have got the Lord, it was never an issue. You know, never an issue. 
the troubles I used to have in my mind, they're nowhere to be seen, gone. Some would say, well, you're not fixed to Parkinson's completely yet. But listen, from where I was, it's incredible and amazing. And I'm thankful and grateful every day for what he's done. All these things are possible because of what the Lord did um, for me and for you. Yeah. God's, God's not, not done, done with, with that story yet. yet. Isn't that awesome? Mike and Jill. Pastor Julian told me when I let him know that we asked his permission to share this, he said that he'll never forget it as long as he lives. They, he helped literally carry uh, Jill into the baptistry. They carried her out of a wheelchair into the baptistry and then she walked out. But then the next day was completely healed. I was overwhelmed and I hope you can sense the, the goodness of God in this. That's like a total overhaul. And I love the way she described it as driving down the road the next couple of days after responding to God and kind of throwing stuff out. She'd go out chucking, chucking it out the window. It's just an amazing thing to consider. And I want to consider you to consider this as well. The prayers of her aunties were working on their whole family for years and years, decades, decades. And then it was their son who was 20 years old. It was him that found Jesus, had an encounter with him because of meeting a pastor's daughter. Imagine what happened. And then he came home and they said from the beginning, their communication was loud. So he screamed at them. I thought that's, that's, that really showed it right there. I mean, that's what happens in a lot of families. They just scream at each other. God used their son. And then I want to remind you also, water baptism is also very important to seal what's going on in your heart. And so that process took place. They've only been walking with the Lord less than two years. And yet now they're uh, life group leaders in their church. And they have a whole church of people, the whole group of people that are coming to their church, to their home. Uh, God is using them greatly in their, you know, probably mid-50s or whatever they are. Just imagine what God can do, what he can do and how your prayers are still working in the world. God's good. He's good all the time. And his goodness is stronger than you think. His goodness is loving kindness, power, covenant power, in action. Would you bow your head and close your eyes right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you that we can come boldly before the throne of grace, that we can find your mercy and your loving kindness right now afresh in this place. Lord, I don't know what's going on in people's lives, homes, and hearts, but you do. You know what's going on within each of them, within each of us. And you know our needs, our hopes, our dreams. You know the attacks of the enemy. And your word says that when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Holy Spirit, would you come and flood this place with your overwhelming loving kindness? Flood this place with your mercy, with your grace, and with your power 
and go into action on behalf of your kids and those you've been dealing with that may have slipped in today unnoticed, would, would you let this be the day? Would you let this be the day where that knocking on their hearts becomes an openness to the Holy Spirit and to the presence and power of Jesus' name? I pray for you today. Maybe you're going through a challenge in your life. I know there are those needing healing in our body. Maybe you're watching from home on our online campus right now. We release God's healing power right now to you. If God can do it for them, he can do it for you. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. If you need an overhaul, our God can overhaul you. But it's about your willingness to receive. It's about that moment of of opportunity where you say, God, I want everything you have, just like Jill did. I want everything you have for me and I'm gonna trust you in this. If you're here today and you're ready to trust him as Lord, as Savior, you can do that before you leave the room. If you're here today, you're ready to trust him as healer. You better find those scriptures. You better know that you know that you know, like you know your name, that he died for you in your place, that by his whip marks born on his back. You were healed 2,000 years ago legally. You were legally healed. Now you have to enter into that legal covenant right and privilege to say, Jesus, yes, I receive your wholeness in my life. I pray that over you in Jesus' name. And I break, I come into agreement with the word and I come against every evil assignment, every generational curse, every tendency and every attack trying to knock on your door or the door of your children or your grandchildren. In the name of Jesus, we lay the ax to the root of the family tree right now by the blood of Jesus and we speak life where there's been struggle. We speak blessing where there has been weakness we speak strength in Jesus' name. Be blessed and receive him, Jesus, right where you sit, right where you are. Open your heart and say, yes, Lord. I want everything you have for me. I remember something comes up in my spirit when she said, we were tired of, the cycles, we just kept going through the same cycle over and over again. My friends, if you're in a cycle of brokenness, that's the enemy, that's not God's best. But you have to purposely get off that cycle, <clears throat> get off that merry-go-round and ask God to come in with his goodness. Receive that covenant, that covenant-keeping God in your heart. In Jesus' name, to as many as received him, he gave the power to become sons and daughters of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give him praise today? Lift up your, lift up your voice and clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God in the voice of triumph. He's good. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, 
and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you 